the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. In part three of A Call to Holiness, the Bible reminds us that as God's children, we have made an unwavering commitment to obey our Heavenly Father in all that we think, say, and do. Our God is holy, and He commands us to be holy because He is holy. As children of God, we are no longer conformed to this world, for we have been transformed by the renewing of our minds through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy, as you will want to take notes as Pastor Rander ministers to us. Have your, have your Bibles turn with us to 1 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. Uh, 1 Peter, chapter 1, verses 14 and 16. There you'll find these words. And Father, we thank you for the privilege of preaching. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would put in the people a hunger and a thirst for the word of God. Help me to preach with clarity and authority under the unction of your spirit. Help people to be still, to meditate, to focus, to concentrate, to receive that which you would have them to know from your word through the spirit of God. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. First Peter chapter 1, verses 14 through 16, it says, As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct, because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. And from this particular passage of scripture, we want to preach as we're engaged in a series, a call to holiness, a call to holiness. What does it mean to live holy? What does it mean to live holy? Since God calls us to live holy, then it is critical for us to know what it means. To be holy is to live a life that is consecrated and separated exclusively to Christ for his divine purposes. To be holy is to honor God with your life, to to glorify him with your life. One whose life is holy will seek to maintain moral purity before the Lord through a continual confession of sins. He or she lives a clean life. A person who is holy is just. A person who is holy is chaste. A person who is holy is righteous. A person who is holy is godly. And what we need in the times in which we live is godly mothers, godly fathers, godly husbands and wives and children and grandchildren pursuing a life of holiness that is well-pleasing to the Lord. One who is holy. This is one whose life is harmonized 
aligned and conformed to the word of God. This is one whose life is harmonized, aligned, and conformed to the word of God, which results in holiness in conduct as well as holiness in our character. What are the prerequisites for holiness? What are the prerequisites for holiness? Number one, apart from being born again, it is impossible to live holy. If you're going to live holy, you must first be born again. If you fail to view yourself as a sinner, you will not see a need for a savior. Gospel of John chapter three, verse three says, Jesus answered and said to him, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Luke 18, 13 also says, and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. So you must realize that you have to be born again if there's any possibility of living holy. Uh, secondly, what, what is the second prerequisite? The second prerequisite for holiness, number two, living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we belong to Jesus. Living a life of holiness and obedience validates the fact that we, as children of God, belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. You are either a child of God or you're a child of the devil. You can't be both at the same time. Verse 14 says, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves in verse 14. Uh, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to former lust, as in your ignorance, as obedient children of God, we must be determined not to allow ourselves to regress to our previous sinful lifestyle. We don't want to regress back to our sinful cravings and desiring to do those things which are forbidden by God and his holy, precious word. We must refuse to allow the world to shape or fashion us into its mold. The world has an agenda for you. It wants you to look more like the world. It wants you to conform to the culture. But the word of God says, come out from among them and be separate. We're not to look like the world. We are commanded and mandated to look like the Lord Jesus Christ. If you look like the world, how can you win folk to Christ? We cannot live holy while yielding ourselves to the prevailing standards of this degenerating culture. Partial obedience is defiance and rebellion against God. I reiterate, uh, partial obedience is defiance and rebellion against God. The Lord requires total unconditional obedience to his word from his children. Anything less than total obedience is disobedience. Number three, when we see our sins in light of God's holiness, we see our sins as God sees them. This means we won't call our sins a mistake. Your sin is sin. Your sin is rebellion against God. It's not a mistake. It's not a weakness. And we, we will, we must not minimize or rationalize our sins by saying, well, that's just the way you, you are. And you can go to hell thinking that way too. Isaiah chapter 6 verses 1 and 5 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts, 
In the presence of God, Isaiah mourned over his sins. He he grieved over his sins. He agonized over his sins. He cried in utter desperation over his sins and the sins of his people because his eyes had seen the king of glory. He was no longer the same after seeing the king, God, Jehovah himself, the Lord of hosts. Isaiah's heart was filled with anguish and grief over his own sinfulness because of being in the presence of Almighty God. Beloved, are you ever in the presence of God long enough to fall under conviction and grieve over your sins? If you desire to be greatly used by God, then you must first be broken by God. When was the last time you cried out in utter desperation over your own sins? Not somebody else's sins. You know, we can be pretty good pointing out other folks' failures, other folks' sins. But what about your sins? You got enough sins to keep you preoccupied with repentance on your own sinful condition. We don't have time to be trying to judge anybody else. We need to be judging ourselves. Being satisfied with respectable sins will cause you not to cry out and grieve over your sinful condition. Respectable sins such as greed, uh, not reading your Bible is a sin of omission. Prayerlessness is a sin of omission. Uh, 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 bitterness is sin. Lack of self-control. Can't control yourself is sin. Angry to the point that you do evil things is a sin. Jealousy is a sin. So, some of you, you're overtaken by jealousy. Some of you, you, you have a deficiency of faith that causes you to sin. Others of you, you live in fear. You, you fear failure. You fear something happening to you. You fear terrorism. You, you, you're afraid of everything. And that's, that's sinful because of your inability to trust God. Some of you, you have the sin of impatience. You're not patient with yourself, your spouse, God, or anybody. Some of you, it's a sin of worry and selfishness and a bad attitude and ingratitude. You, do, you not un, do you not know that unthankfulness is a sin? And every time you, you are uh, inclined to, to be negative, you ought to ask God to show you every reason why you ought to be thankful. Don't you know God is good to you? How many of you know that you know that you know you know that God is good to you? And do you not know that if God doesn't give you another thing, he's already given you far more than you deserve? We're blessed to have you join us. In part three of A Call to Holiness, Pastor Rander ponders the question, what does it mean to live holy? It means we have been redeemed. We must study the scriptures daily and apply it to our lives. Then, by the power of Almighty God, we will become effective witnesses for the kingdom of God. And as God honors our unwavering allegiance to Him, the lost will see God at work in us, and they too will want to know our Savior for themselves. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander feeds our souls today. We have every reason to say thank you. Thank you for the air we breathe. Thank you for the ability to blink an eye. Thank you that you're in your right mind. Thank you that you know what your name is. Thank you that you can move your hands and your toes and your fingers. Thank you that you have clean water. Thank you that you have a roof over your head. Thank you that that you have food on the table and in the pantry and freezers and all these kinds of things. You got a whole lot to thank God for. How on this side of heaven can you walk around and be mean and nasty and critical? You put yourself in position for divine chastening from God himself. Fourthly, 
We cannot live a life of holiness unless we have been delivered from the power and penalty of sin. We cannot live a life of holiness unless we have been delivered from the power and penalty of sin. Colossians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14 says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Only those who have been delivered by the Lord from the dominion of Satan and transferred into the kingdom of Christ can live a holy life. You cannot live a holy life unless you've been delivered from your sinfulness and from your, from the domain of Satan and the power of Satan. As long as you are in the kingdom of darkness, you cannot bring God glory with your life. You cannot live holy in your life. You have to be delivered by the Holy Spirit, delivered from the power of sin, the penalty of sin, and transferred into the kingdom of Christ. Only then can you live a holy life. If you desire to be delivered from the power and penalty of sin, you must understand what sin is. You need to understand what sin is. Now, what is sin? What is sin? Sin is a violation of the word of God. It is a violation of the word of God. It is to neglect the law of God. What is the law of God? The word of God is the law of God. First John 5, 17, a says all unrighteousness is sin. First John 3, 4 also says sin is lawlessness. It is breaking the law, the word of God, the commandments of God, the precepts of God. Sin is to miss the mark of God's righteous standard. Sin is to miss the mark of God's righteous standard. Uh, Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. All of us have fallen short. All of us have missed the mark. All of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Why does God hate sin? Why does he hate sin? He hates sin. And, and the flip side of that question is, why do you not hate sin? Okay, why does God hate sin? God hates sin because he is holy and desires his children to live holy as we represent Christ on earth. You cannot truly represent Christ living like the devil, having by living in hypocrisy, uh, being something in the day and something else at night, being one thing in the church and another thing on Monday. First Peter chapter one, verses 15 and 16 says, but as he who called to you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct and all your behavior and your character. Verse 16, because it is written, be holy for I am holy. Uh, listen, this message will transform your life if you uh, focus on the holiness of God and making the spiritual adjustments with the aid and the, uh, and the enablement, enablement of the Holy Spirit. To help you uh, flush out your life so that you can glorify God with a holy life. Beloved, people sin because they love it. That's why they sin. They love it, love it, love it. They love it. That's why they sin. That's why they keep doing it. If they hated it, they wouldn't do it. They sin because they love it. Until you possess a deep hatred for sin, you cannot live a holy life that is pleasing for God. I say it again. Until you possess a deep hatred for sin, you cannot live a holy life that is pleasing to God. 
Why does God hate sin? Because sin will entangle us. So many people have gotten their lives all entangled, even to this day, because of sin. Second Peter chapter two, verses 20 and 21 says, if they have escaped the corruption of the world by knowing our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and are again, again, look here, look at it again, again, entangled once, but again have, have become entangled in it and are overcome by sin. See, they are worse off at the end than they were at the beginning. It would have been better for them. Look at the word of God. This is so powerful. It would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then to turn their backs on the sacred command, the word of God that was passed on to them. Now, that is clear as can be. It's sobering. It's sobering. This will put reverential fear into you. This passage refers to false teachers who had the knowledge of Christ, professed Christ, but had no relationship with him, which caused them to be overcome by sin, seeking them even further back into the pollution of this world. These false teachers also understood the truth, but still turned away from it, which was a greater judgment than those who never heard the gospel of Christ. This passage can also refer to believers who were delivered from the bondage of sin, but relapsed and became more entangled, more enslaved in it, which resulted in their latter state being worse than their beginning. It would have been better to never have known the gospel than to have known it only to return to the corruption of this world system. The Bible does not play. And that's why some people don't read it because it's too convicting. But I tell you what, you need to read it. And you are God convict me. God purge me. God cleanse me. The word of God is transformative when you allow it to do like only it can do. Amen. Why does God hate sin? Unconfessed sin will eventually expose us. That's why God hates sin. Uh, unconfessed sin will eventually expose us. Numbers 32, 23b says, be sure your sins will find you out. Now, some, some of you, you think you can get away, but you haven't gotten away. <laughs> you deceiving yourself. You are self-deceived. My friend, you might get by, but be assured you will not get away. How do you get away from all seeing God? How do you get away from an all knowing God? How do you get away from a God that's everywhere present at the same time? There's nowhere where God is not. You can't pull something over on God. That's stupidity. He's God. He's God. And be sure your sins will find you out. Why does God hate sin? A God hates sin because it separates us from him. Genesis chapter three, verse eight says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Adam and Eve hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? Because they sinned against God by eating of the fruit from the forbidden tree, resulting in separation, resulting in broken communion and resulting in a broken fellowship with God. 
I love that passage in Isaiah chapter 59, verse two, which says, but your iniquities, your sins have separated you. Underline that sin separates you. This is why God hates sin. But your iniquity, says Isaiah, have separated you from your God and your sins have hidden his face from you. No longer having the presence of God. So he will not hear. He said, I'm not going to hear you. I'm not going to hear you. Sin has formed a spiritual blockage where I can no longer hear you because of the way you're living. Beloved, you are in a terrible, 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 terrible place in life when the Lord refuses to hear your prayers. Listen, how many want the Lord to hear your prayers? I mean, listen, you better straighten up and live right. You better ask God's word to wash you. It's, it's, it's bad when you pray and God says, I'm not listening to you. Sounding brass and tingling cymbals. Without Christ, who can help you? Without Christ, who else can you pray to? My friend, being separated from God will result in loss of divine provision. Being separated from God results in a loss of divine covering. I want to be covered by God. I want to be shielded by God. Being separated from God results in a loss of protection. You say, how do we go to Israel? How do we go to Africa? How do we go? How do you go across the street? How do you go to the movies? How do you go to the, how do you go downtown to Alamo, Fiesta, wherever you go? And it's because I have God's protection. Amen. And you ought to be saying amen too. Now, if you don't have God's protection, you need, you, you really have a reason to be afraid. You hear what I just said? If you don't have God's protection, who can help you? You ought to be scared to move out at night. You ought to be scared to drive. You ought to be scared to go to the store. And some of y'all scared. That's why you order everything from the house. Everything is ordered from the house. Now, Amazon, this, 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 this. I'm scared to go outside. I ain't going outside. Listen, I go where, my wife and I go wherever we want to go, do what we want to do. Nobody's going to paralyze us with fear. We're not going nowhere till God say so. That's the way I think about it. That's the way I think. I'm not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere either till God, till God say so. Don't, don't live in fear. Live by faith. Trust him. Don't be scared. Don't be a little scary cat. Straighten up. Enjoy your walk in your life with God. Don't let folk terrorize you to the point that you, 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 you under some rock hot in your head, hot in your head. Just order, order, order. Everything's in the house. Just everything, everything just ship in, ship in, ship in, ship in, ship in, ship in. And you don't go out. That's why some, some folks are getting so big. They don't exercise. They just go, they just go out. Everything just sit, eat, everything just all oh, the touch button don't work. I tell you what, you go to Israel. I do. That was one, one day I counted thing with my wife and I and that team on one day. We did 13,000 steps. Can you imagine that? Those folks, them steps are all uneven, even that they're, they're not ADA regulate, regulation and you got hills and rocks. And if you're watching, you'll fall. And if you fall, there's nobody to sue. <laughs> you, and listen, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, uh, you need God's protection, God's covering, God's divine provision. Why does God hate sin? Sin will cause us to lose our anointing. I want God's anointing every time I stand, every time I preach. I say, God, fill me with your spirit. I, if God doesn't go with me, I don't want to go. I want God's anointing. Sin will cause the anointing of God to leave you. It, it results in a loss of spiritual strength. 
You're no longer you're a spiritual weakling. You, you, you're not strong. You can't you can't withstand anything because of sin. Sin would result in a loss of divine favor. Divine favor. You can't do get some things done in your life unless you have the favor of God upon your life. It is possible to get so deep in sin and so far from God until you will not know that the Lord has departed from you. Did you get that? What a sobering thought. Let me just say that again. It is highly possible to get so deep in sin and so far from God until you will not even know that the Lord has departed from you. He said, where's the scripture? I'm so glad you asked. Judges chapter 16, verse 20 says, so he awoke. This is this. He is Samson. So Samson awoke from his sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. Uh Oh, but Samson did not know that the Lord had departed from him. He lost his strength. He lost his eyes. He lost his hair. Uh, He lost his freedom. He lost his life. Because he didn't know that the Lord had departed from him. You know, the greatest deceit is to think God is with you when he's not. Just think about it. You, you, I, I got God. And God says, no, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. And you think you got him and you, 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 and you, you, you are open for all kind of satanic attacks. You know why God, God hates sin? Sin will lift us up in pride. A pride comes as a result of sin. Sin will lift us up in pride where we become negligent and we're destined for a fall when we're lifted up in pride. Proverbs 16, 18 says, pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12 also says, Therefore, let him who thinks he stand. I got it together. I know what I'm doing. Huh? You fooling yourself. Take heed. Take heed. Be aware. Lest he fall. I want you to listen to me, people of God. Absolutely, absolutely no one is so strong. No one is so invincible. No one is so spiritual that he cannot or she cannot fall. Sin is a violation of the Word of God. The good news is that we don't have to live in it. When we give God complete control, we become new creatures in Him. We are no longer conformed to this world. We are no longer in bondage. We are transformed by the renewing of our minds. In other words, we can live holy in an unholy world. We can look to the hills from whence comes our help, knowing it comes from our sovereign God. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.